yeah, it kind of it could do anything in a way. It's, it's um, that's what I, what I like in puppetry is that sense that it's a living thing. Well, I, I love directing puppetry because when you get it right, it's another person on stage. It's not just it's not not just an object. It really is a living entity. Again, so well, that's another thing we're experimenting with the object project. What it is when an object turns from an object into a, a living entity is that that liminal space. Today I'm talking to Mark Parrott in Leeds. He's the artistic director of the Object Project. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Mark. It's so lovely to meet you here on Zoom. It's meeting you on Zoom. Mad, isn't it? Mad this technology, this whole new amazing world we have. Exactly. Um, yeah, welcome to my um, office anyway. Oh, so. wonderful. But yeah, so um, it's lovely to speak to you in, in Leeds. Are you, uh, I see the, the your <clears throat> studios in Leeds. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. I've been here about five years now. I, I'm originally from Bristol, which is down in the south of England. Where okay. are you? You're in Austria. I'm, yeah, I'm Austria. I'm in Vienna. Well, I, li- I used to live in Taunton. So I Did know you? the Bristol area, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I know it talks them well. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, down the M5. Amazing. What were you doing in Taunton? Well, I lived there for a few years. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. a lot of time. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But, Mark, it's so amazing the work that you're doing, uh, the object project. Uh, I've been following you on Instagram, and, and it's it's absolutely um, amazing the the puppetry and the and I and, and illustrations and things a lot of things that you're doing with your theater yeah 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 so tell me what exactly uh do you do what is the what is the, <laughs> the object project what is the object well to be honest the object project really is a project it's a project it's uh I started it about two years ago I think it's just kind of post lockdown. And I just thought I lockdown was great for me. I know it's terrible for so many people, but I I sort of used the time just to kind of really experiment. Really? Mm. Yeah, just oh. to kind of get to the core of what it is I want in my work, you know? And I'm not saying that I found it and I don't think I ever will find it because it's so elusive and it's maybe I've just wanted to be elusive. But part of the object project remit was to kind of really get to the core of why I like using objects in my work, why I like this dialogue with things that I find. It's not enough just to kind of make a puppet from scratch. I need somehow to have this sort of dialogue with the real world. Uh, so what I've been doing is making uh, automata, making artwork. I say we, I always say we, it's me. We've been making artwork. Um, we've just, just made a show, which have been touring. Um but it's all kind of part of this sort of just experimenting and kind of extrapolating what it is. So I have a better sense of what I'm trying to do because my the big problem I have, I've got a lot of artistic passion for everything I do, but very little kind of clear sense of where I'm heading. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? It's sort of yeah, like, yeah. sort of led by that thing of like, I need that. I need that to work. And, um, but I, it's nice to have just been able to step back and just sort of go, okay, I see why I like those things and why that needs to be in the show. Um, it's just good to have a bit of perspective, really. But what will come in the Object Project? I don't know. It may be just something I've run for a couple of years or maybe maybe my career now. I don't know. But um, we'll, we'll see. But how amazing that it started in, in uh, uh, during lockdown. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was lucky because 
I had a workshop and a lot of people didn't, you know, so I could I could isolate in the workshop. Yeah. But I mean, this workshop, what what initially did you do? Or what did you do before lockdown? Before lockdown, well, I mean, for the last about 10 years, 10 years, I've been mostly making puppets for other people. Okay. I've tried I've tried making shows, but I just sort of felt like I wasn't making the thing I really wanted to be wanted to be making. I would I couldn't find the passion in the show making anymore. So I mean, I mean, it's been great. I mean, I've, I've worked with some lovely companies making puppets and directing puppetry. That's a large part of what I do. Mm-hmm. Particularly a lot of stuff for um, the Egg Theatre in Bath. They got this, this um, show called Snow Mouse. Oh, isn't that adorable? <laughs> oh, do you know what? If I see a puppet, I turn into a child again. Yeah, it's, over, it's overwhelming. It does it to me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm even puppeteering it. Yeah. Anyway, so, that, so that... yeah, so so you so you are a puppeteer, and and from this job, you you started doing the the object project, and I like the fact that I see you use all these bits and bobs because I saw this pixie mitosis, this little oh. creature, um, and yeah, it's um, so so. Tell me about this little character. Which one did the oh the the pixie pixie mitosis? Pixie, hang on, let me go and get one. Hang on. So okay. it's, it's great show. Uh, where's Karen gone? Ah, uh, right here he is. Come on in. Come in. Okay. Come in. Ah, dearie me. These two, these two are my absolute favourites. Oh, adorable. This is this is yeah. This is Karen. Yeah. Karen uh, and and this is Blinky. Okay. So they're sort of the main characters in the show, but um, Karen Karen's had a really interesting life. Karen's head used to be uh, a nose from a giant bear costume that I made. Okay. It's toured around the whole world. This no, this head's been around the whole world. It's so weird that feeling that you kind of got this this thing that's had kind of life before it and um these ears are kind of like these kind of toys that my my wife had when she was little little (laughs) she sort of said and i love those a bit all the bits are kind of i mean even this puppet was in a previous show of mine which was the elves and the shoemaker but somehow it sort of wanted a bigger life it wanted to do something i love it i love it so okay so so the basis was a puppet and you just added all these things well, yeah, I mean, I think it looked more colourful, the original puppet, but it was called yeah. Karen. But even then, okay. it was, uh, the show. So, I mean, Karen and Blinky were in The Elves and the Shoemaker and they've made it into this adult show. So they've gone from a child, children's show to an adult show. And that's also something I'm okay. experimenting with, with the object project, what that what it means to make adult work. Because I've made children's theatre most of my career. And even when I made children's theatre, I thought, it was work that that reached adults, reached the families. Um, but now I've sort of been experimenting with kind of finding, bringing that child childlike quality to adult work. So there's still that kind of sense of you're a, you know, a five year old looking at something with wonder, but you're you're also a forty year old going, oh my god, isn't the world crazy and messy? And yeah, you know, we've all been on that journey from from a hopeful small person to kind of someone who's realised that there's a lot of responsibility and and also a lot of stuff that's out of your control. So um, I kind of, that's what the experiment is, really, to kind of sort of, in a way, make children's work for adults. 
No, but it, I've spoken to other puppeteers and, and said exactly the same. You know, we talked about this, that yeah. the moment the puppets appear, it's sort of you you know it's not real and you know it's a puppet, but there's something in you that, that thinks it's a human being. That, I, yeah, know, this, yeah, I don't think we can turn off that feeling that we... Yeah. I've met a lot of people who are puppet phobic. I suspect mm. that, that feeling is quite overwhelming and they can't quite turn it off. The sense that that somehow has an innate innate life, you know, there's got this kind of um, yeah, the kind of it could do anything in a way. It's, it's um, that's what I, what I like in puppetry is that sense that it's a living thing. Well, I, I love directing puppetry because when you get it right, it's another person on stage. It's not just it's not not just an object. It really is a living entity. Again, so well, that's another thing we're experimenting with the object project. What it is when an object turns from an object into a, a living entity it's that that liminal space but i just did a, a cabaret piece for the newcastle puppetry festival and it was the kind of it was all about a cheese grater and it's literally just a cheese grater I mean, no embellishments nothing added or anything bits of it sort of looked a little bit like smiles and things and so that helped but we just sort of told this cheese grater's kind of story about um trying to find a partner and you really do go there. You really just do empathise with it. It doesn't take a lot. It's funny, isn't it? And but you anyway. think it's, yeah, and, and it's like, uh, because it made me really think when I looked at your, your Instagram page, yeah. um, sort of, you can, you can, if you really think about it, you can put this to everything. You know, you can, you can sort of put a character to every, to every object. Yeah. Um, because, uh, because really the object's, speak that you know they they sort of speak yeah. what the character uh, would be i mean it's interesting it's sort of it doesn't take a lot i mean it yeah it, I mean, you can move any object in a way to make it look a little bit alive i think well, i did a, a, a object workshop at newcastle with with performers and non-performers we just experimented with ob with any objects i just put loads of objects in the room just 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 see what comes to life and everything came to life without exception nothing Really, you know, I mean, it's incredible. I think it's much more about what we as human beings do in the way of empathy. I think we empathize a lot, a lot sooner and a lot with a lot more kind of strength than we realize. I think we, we emotionally connect with things. I think it's we don't just observe, I think we really do put ourselves into a character and we also watch a character as a caring entity. It's not just. It's not, I don't think it's passive. I don't think in any way watching theatre or going to an art gallery is passive. I think we bring ourselves, mm. which is what, you know, it's been a big discovery. Maybe I knew that already, but it's just really lovely to sort of highlight that. Yeah. Enjoy that journey a bit. Yeah. Well, well, you, if I think of it also, um, when you, when you were a child and your parents, or I did it with my children, you know, the spoon that turns into an aeroplane. And you, yeah, so we all do it, you know, without knowing that it's really, it is a little bit of puppetry and a little bit of theatre if you think about it. I think everyone's a puppeteer. I think we, yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting. I think in a way, being an entity within a human body is yeah. puppetry because we're yeah. moving these arms, you know, we're sending signals to that arm to do that. And that's sort of puppetry. So we're just doing it all the time anyway. Yeah. It's also that, that observation, the interpretation. I think a large part of puppetry isn't just purely manipulating the object. It's that it's that connection with people. And I think 
puppetry is a lot more about a neurological process than it is a physiological one. I think it's sort of reaching into those parts of the brain that fire off these neurons that you kind of go, oh, wow, yeah, that's, that's, uh, I'm, I'm getting a lot of feeling watching that or ooh, I'm revulsed by that or whatever. So that's a good thing I'm really interested in exploring a lot more of. That's how we, why we interpret that and how we interpret it. Um, but yeah, we do. Don't we? I mean, like we're grown up adults. Yeah. We just, yeah. We just switch back into this sort of like primal kind of childlike kind of thing. I mean, I've, I've done shows purely adults now. And, you know, at the end, some of them are crying and some of them are just kind of come up to me and say, I just felt like I was this tall again. You know, I was just like a child again. It's lovely to do that. Yeah, I wanted to I hope ask I'm not you. really disturbing them. I don't know. No, no, but I wanted to ask you now about the adult theater that you um so what what would be the themes that you that you have for this theater? Themes. You know, pardon? Yeah, themes, the themes. Um well, in in Pixomatosis, mm-hmm. there's a lot going on really. It's sort of it's a show about it's partly about war. So I mean it's set in this kind of like idyllic kind of garden uh all these kind of like pixie creatures live but it isn't idyllic at all there's a hierarchy and there's clearly a a predator within that hierarchy and it's about them trying to live their lives whilst dealing with a a a tyrannical predator you know we the whole world's dealing with that in the moment yeah Yeah. so it's it's that but it's also there's there's a sort of deeper layer of just that whole kind of examining what it is to be an entity and what existence is you know that's a big question isn't it the whole existential question of what is life and what's the quality of life and what, what are we reaching for and a lot of the characters in pixel mimetosis are reaching for things that are outside their grasp they, they they strive and sometimes they strive and succeed and sometimes they strive and succeed and that's their downfall so it's just exploring all that and that which is a, which is pretty much a, a human experience and an adult experience um well i feel anyway i got to this point where i just thought i like telling stories but i can't make stories that aren't messy anymore because life is messy mm. <laughs> it's just that thing i think ultimately yeah. what i've kind of learned being a 54 year old uh white man is that life is messy mm. life is complicated and life is way too short so um, it's just sort of about a lot of my shows, I think, are going to be about navigating that. And I don't really have any answers. I don't say I've got answers. And I think the ending of Pixomatosis is just a question. It's a question is like, what is the value of life? It's more about, in a way, a celebration of the chaos of existence. So maybe it's a little bit like kind of th- personal therapy. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's the walk, bless them. But, um, but, nice. but, but you know, yeah, but, what, what is also uh, for me something that I thought about uh, when I saw these little um, pixies that you made, this uh, these little characters, but uh, the, uh, the puppets are not necessarily pretty. I mean, it's not, not you know what I mean. It's not it's not these perfect, <laughs> and yet yet when you look at them, they are adorable. I mean, they are they are so cute. Um, but they but they're very far from perfect. And I think in this in this day and age, this is what I love, you know, that it is like that, you know, that that they are a little bit odd and and yet you find them very adorable. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that one. That's been that a long so clever. Long yeah. I, I I don't 
I struggle to make pretty things. I mean, I, a lot of my my real job, no, I say real job, but the job that pays is making beautiful things for other people's theatre companies. Yeah. And even so, even even then, I'll, I'll put a little bit of kind of broken down quality to it. I think it's that, it's that I can't make beautiful things because life has been really, time's messy as hell for me and I can't make things which which are a fantasy in that way everything I do is kind of based on sort of that kind of reality of it. <laughs> and it's all I, I just oh. and that that's interesting that the dialogue for me yeah of of making something which has which is troubled complicated and complicated aesthetically as well as its character uh but you do bond with it I can't make things that are just so ugly you can't really love them but it has to be a bit of a tussle. You can't immediately go, oh, lovely puppets. That's, yeah. that's, that's too easy a game. I mean, you can do it, but I sort of want people to kind of find the, their journey with the puppet a little bit. Oh, I just, I'm sort of experimenting with Punch and Judy. I love it. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, that is so adorable. I kind of use those sort of like different eyes and things because I don't, again, symmetry for me is, I just don't believe in symmetry. I think symmetry yeah. is a myth. So tell uh, me about this character. It's this, is Mr. Punch. So I'm making my own Punch and Judy show, which is going to bend the rules quite a lot. Oh, okay. I've been making it for a long time. I haven't finished it, but um, I sort of just like the fact it's got the, the right qualities of Punch, but he's also taking it somewhere else. He's just, he's sort of, got all that same kind of like crazy movement yeah. and same kind of anarchy but he's a little bit more vulnerable i think i, I can't find with punch of judy is that mr punch is always just a bit too in control of everything he's like he's got an answer for everything but this one just hasn't i think this one just constantly messes up and has to live with the existential angst oh, even okay. though incredibly bright and beautiful character he's just got a lot of kind of issues and he has to go to the underworld to rescue the baby because he messed up and Oh blimey! Anyway, let's not go there. Anyway. Okay, but but it's so it's it's uh, relatable then. <laughs> yeah, yeah what is that? we can relate to this character then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can. With all our messed up lives. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there are people out there who've had gifted lives and have never had any problems. But good, yeah. I just. Well, I I, I sort of I I think always um. Well, I mean, we live in a we live really in a time where there's so much and there's so much that we have and that we own and and it's, yeah, yeah. it's looking at these basic things, these little um, odd things that we throw out or that we throw away, and you making it really something special now. You know mm. the the bits and bobs, and and I love that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, it's interesting what what is valuable, isn't it? It's an interesting yeah. question. What well, we value? Yeah, I I always thought um, because I can accumulate quite a lot, and I'm a bit yeah. of a hoarder <laughs> with certain things. Yeah, uh, but I but I also realised that well, I think everybody is. Uh, we are all uh, types of hoarders, but. Uh, it's so interesting. I think when we're not here anymore, that we are the only ones who, who add the value to what we own, you know, so other people won't necessarily. So you might as well hoard and you might as well enjoy your time hoarding. So I, this is my philosophy. <laughs> yeah, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy the things. Yeah. 
and I mean, I it seems the things that are valuable quite often acquire value when somebody else sees the value in it. Yeah. So I, I mean, it's like the whole kind of gold market. You know, I, I do wonder if like people just buy and sell gold because they're worried that if they didn't have gold to buy and sell, then they they'd be out, there wouldn't be any sense of control. It's just a sense mm-hmm. of we have this dialogue about gold and that's fine, right? We can deal with this. And I've got, you've got more and you've got less. So great. We've got, we got bedrock. And I, I, I don't know. I think it's maybe it's a human instinct just to kind of have very solid bedrocks of, of cultural value. Yeah. Cause I'm like questioning that. I don't, I see, I really hate it when people buy me presents because I don't quite know how to enjoy that. Oh, okay. My, my joy of, my my greatest joy is going around secondhand shops and car boot sales, charity shops, and seeing something which just is like fifty pence, and like you know, no nobody really loves it, but suddenly I just think that thing has got a future life, and it's sort of that's it's weird. And then I then then my game is to kind of make make that lovable to other people. So in a way, I then try and make them join in with my game of value. Yeah, which is well, you've got you've got the gold right there with you. Well, yeah, I think so. Yeah, all the all your pockets are so unique, and and really, it can't be reproduced. No, no, no. So, Mm. do you? So, this is what I wanted to ask you. Also, so you go to like um, car boot sales and things, and do you also pick up stuff? You know, do you see things lying around? And hey, let me get this. Or uh, you're not you're not that type of. um person that <laughs> you really do not invite me to your house <laughs> just make sure you've got everything when i've gone <laughs> like uh, jean-michel basquiat whenever Bas- basquiat went to people's houses apparently he used to like paint on their fridges and stuff really? which, is, which is like yeah oh god no he's doing that again but then you go oh actually that's probably worth a couple of million now anyway yeah. <laughs> but i don't do that i don't really steal things I do. T- yeah. I do love you know skips that are left outside. Yeah, yeah. they're the best. They're not yeah. as good as they used to be. I think because people sell things on eBay now. In a way, it's interesting because now we've got eBay. Yeah, the lost and the old has sort of hasn't lost its value. You know, you. I, I sort of quite often want to buy old like tin pots and things like that, and they they used to just get chucked out, but now people are selling and buying them, which is it's heartening, but also a bit expensive for me. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So you, yeah. <laughs> but this is so amazing. I love what you do, really. And I, I have to say, um, your website is probably one of the websites that I think is the most um, powerful website. It's, uh, I, I think, yeah, I think people have to, I think your website is the example of really what a, web sh- a website should be because Im- you immediately understand. Um, what you're doing and the way you did it this this the home page you know the first page is absolutely amazing and then when you get into the website you just say uh, bullet points exactly what you do yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no no beating around the bush it's there and it's amazing i think i think really your website um, it's one of the best that I've ever seen. Yeah, congratulations with that. A few people have said that. I mean, it, I, yeah. I wanted to make a website that was like an object that it was like walking around an art gallery, and uh, so 
there isn't a lot of text on that homepage. In fact, I don't think there's any on the apart from like the title. Yeah, sort of more yeah. like looking, and it it just goes past, doesn't it? So it's more like it's just you're watching an art gallery or walking through an art. Exactly, gallery. exactly. Yeah. No, I think it's brilliant. Oh. But Mark, um, tell me now what what is the wish for you for the future? Ah, uh, what's the future? God, I, you could I could tell you that now, and then a week it's probably changed. But I'll tell you okay. what my plan is now. Um, I'm working on a new show, which I think is probably more of a show that because I think Pixie Mitosis is, is was definitely for sort of like older children and adults, and I think this new show is going to be more for kind of adults with with younger children. But it's more it's it's not a children's show, but it's not an adult show. So I'm just finding what again. I love working in the liminal space, not not specifically going there. I know I don't know if it'll sell. Um, but it's it's called the um it's called the Whitby Mermaid, and it's all about fisherman who who's rescued by a mermaid uh, in the town of Whitby, which is in Yorkshire. And there isn't a heck of a lot of story to it. It's just more about her seeing our lives and going, "Wow, you do all that? That's strange." And then trying to find a way to kind of have a relationship, him being a land person, she her being a water person. So I think. I don't know. That's what I'm exploring, but I think interesting. I, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I is it, it? Yeah. Again, it's all about I'm, those microplastics. Yeah, I'm. I'm very eager to see those puppets. Okay. Well, yeah. I might. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to check your Instagram very regularly to see. Oh yeah, do do yeah. I live on Instagram really? Yeah, it's amazing that you do that because it's yeah, it's great to see. But Mark, thank you so much for your time. This is Petra, you're doing a brilliant thing, Petra. Well done for doing these um these interviews. They're, they're oh, lovely. Thank you. Yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed that. And it's amazing to see what people do and hear what people do. And I'm I'm so happy that I uh, that I discovered you on Instagram and that I you know that you came on my newsfeed because I really love what you're doing. Bless you. Oh well, maybe one day we'll meet up. That'd be nice. Definitely, definitely. Whenever you come to Vienna, come and bring a show to Vienna, All one right. of your puppet shows. And mm. otherwise, um, if I come to Leeds, I'm going to look you up because it's I would good. love to see you. I would love to see those puppets of yours. Come to come to Leeds, and we'll talk about Taunton. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, Mark. Have a lovely afternoon. Right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.